obviously, you know, with that answering machine message you left me, there was no way I could not get you on to be the first guest on my <laughs> new podcast. <laughs> first, finally. I mean, you know, flipping heck, 25 messages. Oh, it was a little bit, a little bit much, a little bit over the top. <laughs> if at first you don't succeed, <laughs> ring, ring again. That was Ol Fazard, head brewer of Roosters Brewing Co. up in Harrogate. And you'll remember from his answering machine message on the um, intro to my podcast a few days ago, a star for effort. So I reckoned it was it was only fair to get him on straight away and put him out of his misery. Yes, it's a beer beauty podcast where I spread the word about the beauty in beer with a guest or sometimes two or more, mainly from the beer industry, but also from drinkers wherever they are. So back to all for this inaugural full podcast episode then. Um, over a beer, of course, we chatted about all sorts of things, um, as well as whetting your appetite about some of the beers uh, in the Roosters range and what's coming up for them too. So after working in pubs and then learning the ropes, so to speak, at uh, brewing at uh, Copper Dragon, uh, we chatted about how all his twin brother Tom and his father took over Roosters Brewing from the owner at the time, Sean. Between the three of us, we were already huge fans of Roosters, absolute huge fans of Roosters. Love the beers. Um, Cask only at the time. Yeah. But we absolutely loved them. They were just so at the time front and center in 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 terms of innovation and, and quality and, mm-hmm. and everything they were they were they were superb so it was like you know dad then said to us well curveball sean says do you want to buy roosters and we're like uh, yeah <laughs> so that happened and um i worked alongside sean for i think it was about seven months it was a transitional period and and then it was res- going solo. Yeah, with respect to with respect to Copper Dragon, I was there for six and a half years. I learned more from Sean in seven months than I did in six and a half years. And now I don't mean that in a nasty sort of way. Um, but Sean invested a hell of a lot into me in terms of developing. Um, it was it was a little bit more of the kind of science, but a little bit more of the art, and a, and a lot more sort of approach on on um, you know balanced palette aroma yeah um, how everything yeah. complements each other and and so that's that and then we took over yeah and i i sort of carried on sean's ethos once you've nailed the quality consistency 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 so it's 10 years this is your 10th anniversary um 10 10 years this this may since we 10 years this may so clearly, we joined the company 10 years yeah, this may yeah. since we joined the company that's wicked and at the back end of this year it'll be 10 years since we took ownership all right then in which case it's probably an appropriate moment for me to open your beer because I've got one of your beers here. Bloody hell, which one? And I've also got your glass. Um, this is First World Problems Salted uh, Caramel yeah. Stout, um, four and a half percent. I panicked because, um, obviously, you were very kind in sending me um, an incredible selection right before Crimbo and Austin and I just dived in and guzzled the lot uh, and well thought we guzzled the lot and, and his first world problems I was like yes because I was almost like yeah this would be super embarrassing <laughs> talking to Alfazan right with no roosters beers on the podcast is ridiculous so here it is 
Um, so I've never tried this before. So whilst I'm having a sip, and it, oh, beautiful. Oh, that's rich. It's a beautiful, rich aroma. Very, it's, it's lots of promise. Chocolatey, almost a little coffee. Tell me about this beer whilst I'm having a sip. Oh. Okay, yeah. So that beer, we brewed that. Um, so we'll probably come on to it later, but we, we, we've since moved um, moved the brewery to a new site mm-hmm. since we first brewed that beer. But we brewed that beer a few years ago on our old site. Um, and Stu, who's my sort of right-hand man, our brew team leader, amazing person, he and I developed that recipe and... Um, we ended up, and it was Stu that, that led this, but we actually ended up making a massive batch of salted caramel ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we ended up with, we, oh, I can't remember how many kilo we made, but it was huge. It was a lot, it was a lot of butter, a lot of cream, <laughs> a lot of sugar and all, yeah. Um, and, and we did it, it was a, it was a cask only brew. Mm-hmm. And, um so we yeah the first time around it was cask only and 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 it was it was good it was nice it was it was it was subtle is what i would say um uh, but it was well received and then we brewed it again for the first time we brewed it on our new site mm-hmm. last year i think you're drinking mark three um because okay. mark two we upscaled <laughs> we upscaled the recipe mark two we upscaled it and brewed it again and if I'm being brutally honest I don't think it quite um carried the same um level of of, of the sort of salted caramel you know because we, we we chose a salt that was um we, we we previously used the salt in um in a goza that we did uh mm-hmm. so fleur de sel the French yeah. salt um so we we used that and and but we just didn't quite um there was something I don't know if it was to do with the move or, or you know to a different site or whatever. We chose, in fact, the second time round we chose not to make our own salted caramel because mm. it was a bigger batch. So we bought some in um, and and um, and use that. We weren't particularly enamoured, if I'm honest with you. It was a great beer, but we weren't quite. It wasn't quite what it what the first one was. So this third one, we've we've um, we've fine-tuned it again and we've um we've we've done a um a slightly different approach to it but then we've used our you know we've used um the fleur de sel again and um and just increased the level of um of caramel um but yeah it's there it's, yeah it's there it, it, it's quite prominent in the aroma mm. it's certainly there on the palate but you're right yeah, yeah there's yeah. there's um coffee chocolate absolutely mm. um the bitterness we kept quite low. Yes, I was going to say. Um, oh, that for me is all of the, the entire com- combination makes this properly very, very drinkable. Um, yeah, we didn't want the the, the sort of because um, you know there's a perceived bitterness from um, from the roasted malts that are used. Mm-hmm. Um, so we 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 kept the bitterness purposely low because there's going to be you know the sweetness there. Um, God, <laughs> the idea of you, you read solid caramel, you expect sweetness and you expect yeah. salt. So, so yeah, we we sort of um, we 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 did a little bit of um, playing around. And we, we, this is Mark Three, and I'm very very pleased with the way this one's turned out. I'm very pleased too, and I'm glad after you talking about the different versions, I'm glad this is Mark Three because um, 
It is delight. It's delightful. I'm just looking at the can. A deliciously complex, smooth and decadent stout. Who writes these words? <laughs> Brewed uh, Tom. with the. Is it Tom? <laughs> it used to be in publishing. <laughs> oh yeah, you said he was. In, he was working for a magazine, didn't he? A deliciously complex, smooth and decadent stout, brewed with the addition of salted caramel. Now. This can we story. use that? You know, when we get into TV advertising, <laughs> can we use that? You can, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have it for free. The oh, thing brilliant. is, right, this is amazing. Like, so it's four and a half percent. I love, I'm a mad, I love stout. I am a sucker for the stronger, the richer, um, the more liqueur, like, uh, you know, give me an imperial Russian, Russian stout any day, right? So mm-hmm. I, I looked at this and I was like, okay, Four and a half percent salted caramel stout. I'm kind of like, how's this going to work? Because I am a five percent plus beer girl, in in all honesty. Um, so I was like, how's that going to work? Where's the complexity? You know, where's 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 the strength going to be? Where's you know the flavour going to be in this? And literally, this is the first time I've tasted it, and I'm super surprised and super happy. Love the level, um, the balance of the sweetness because with salted caramel with anything, right? It's like ooh on your teeth isn't it when you have mm. like an ice cream or whatever or you know the salted caramel in your coffee um so there wasn't that kind of cloying sweetness with this at all um it's just a beautiful balance and the, and the lower bitterness as well is makes it very very drinkable actually a little bit too easy to get it and this it's very, is, it's, what, is it 440 yes 440 yeah it's very much a dessert beer isn't it really it's, it's, it's amazing mm. yeah mm. Sorry, I'm not gonna. <laughs> there'll, there'll be there'll be little speaking here. First world problems. What's with the name then? Oh, first world problems. Um, Tom came up with it. Okay, <laughs> Tom. What's it's, the situation? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, you got some mad. Uh, said, you've had some mad beers out with some crazy names. Um, yeah, we try. A lot of the names are sort of just abstract. Um, you know, a lot of them are, are, are derived from. Um music uh, song titles and things like yeah. that, that we, we sort of enjoy um this one was one of tom's um so that's what problems i don't okay. know it's delightful <laughs> anyway it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful and um there's me yakking away right about what i am drinking what are you drinking i thought you'd never ask i mm-hmm. am drinking um a beer called strength in numbers oh. which is one of two new beers that we've launched in the new year so Tom, Stu, and I um, just spent some time at the, in, in in summer at the beginning of lockdown, just having a little look at what we do. That's you know having a, a sort of one eighty look at the beer range and, and and things that we offer. What we do, what we like, what we do, <laughs> things that we're probably um, missing from our beer lineup. Mm. Um, entangle it with sort of beers that we like that we think that would complement mm. what we currently do, plus um, what's what's on trend and things like that. And, you yeah. know, beers that carry a, carry a haze are on trend. And by my own admission from my um, sort of tuition and background from um, very traditional breweries, mm. I'm, I'm quite a, you know, I do like a clear beer, but I've slowly, slowly, people who know me, slowly, slowly mm-hmm. started to sort of go, do you know what? I will try that. Um, beers that carry a haze, I'm not offended by 
no longer offended years, by. There was no stability there. Yeah. Um, there was, you were drinking a lot of yeast. and Yes, yes, you know, yes. God help anybody who drinks a lot of yeast. You yeah, know? well, exactly. Um, doubled up for days. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, um, so, so, we, so yeah. strengthen, yeah, we did, we launched two beers at the beginning of uh, this year. Mm. Um, so we, we brought out, um, Stu's project was a beer called Thousand Yard Stair. Mm-hmm. Which um, is a hazy, the hazy pale um, ale, mm-hmm. hazy pale ale, and I mm-hmm. think he's absolutely smashed it out of the park. I think it's amazing. It's yeah. um, so balanced, um, but it was very um, sort of flesh fruit, fleshy mm-hmm. fruit, um, yeah. that kind of stone fruit sort of um, thing going on. We we used Equinot as a, a as a, a hop sort of front and centre for the first time in a beer and and, and, it, uh, and the New England yeast, sorry, the, the West Coast yeast that we used, um, they complement each other really, really well. Um, and then this one was mine, Strength for Numbers was was mine. We, Tom and I visit the West Coast of America. We've both visited several times, but we, we, we do both love a nice, punchy, um, resinous, piney kind of Ooh. West Coast IPA. Mm. Um and so yeah, we just thought, well, what's missing? We've got Babyface Assassin, which sits sits nicely at the sort of six point one percent as an IPA in our range, and, and it's a beer well, that you was. Know how much I love BFA. <laughs> I do know, <laughs> but we um, we just felt, well, let's try and sort of let's turn it up, let's dial it up a bit, and let's let's create a beer that's. So we've gone for seven percent. We're using um because we've got our own house strain, our own house yeast strain oh, wow, um, yeah. that we use. Babyface is, is produced with it, and, mm. and uh, most of our beers are. But for strength in numbers and for thousand yards there, we thought, well, we're buying a new strain, um, um, a West Coast strain that we can use, and so this was is very much a West Coast IPA, resinous. Piney, chewy on the palate, seven um, percent, mm. um, nice and clean, um, uh, and, and, and the clarity is there as well. It's a nice sort of clear beer. So anyway, I've just cracked open a can of that, oh, and um, it's amazing. Yeah, yep, it's absolutely stunning. Strength, because uh, I'm looking. Um, I've also like got your website open, and I know you sent me one of each of these. Um, sorry, it, th- I, uh, this is. I didn't want this to sound like, oh, my friend gets sent bees. It's just it's so nice of you to to offer to, to send them to me because I obviously try all sorts of beers and whatever when I'm thinking about writing my column and stuff. And I just thought, yeah, strength in numbers, um, absolutely outstanding. I remember Austin and I fighting over the <laughs> fighting over the car. Oh, give it to me. Um, delicious. Um and I remember posting a pic as well, because because this is a set of your new ones, isn't it? Because Roots Rock Reggae, mm-hmm. I remember posting a photo of that on yes. um, Instagram. That's, that's a, a beer that we've brewed a few times. <laughs> we've brewed it a few times over the years. Um, but we've kind of now, it, it's it, it's become... It's something that, you know, there's a few beers, like High Tea as well, where we brewed these. High Tea was a, um, Earl Grey. Um, Jasmine, uh, J- sorry, not Earl Grey. Jasmine Green Tea IPA that we brewed. I was going to say, are you at the Earl Grey at all? No, no, no. It's a Jasmine Green Tea IPA that we do. Um, but we, we brew it sort of once a year, and then and it, it, it sort of seems to be enough to satisfy those who want it. Yeah. Um, and then, but with Roots Rock Reggae, um, again, it's one of Stu's beers, but um, mm-hmm. it's a pineapple and grapefruit IPA that we do, and it's just gathered a bit of traction enough so that we've kind of. 
Um, it's just recently more or less perched itself on the core range. Okay. Um, so that was that. Awesome. Good set of beers. Eh? Oh, strength in numbers. Now you're talking about it. I'm like, oh, I want that. Because um, I'm always like, look, magpie, more, more, more. Um, <laughs> I, like... I'll just finish. I'll tell you what I had before. Sorry, Mark. Yeah, just, yeah go on. I'll just finish a kind of go-backer that we do, um, which is um, a session Vermont IPA. So East Coast, yeast strain, go. carries a haze, nice and, and, and soft on the palate. Um, the body's, you know, a really sort of full-bodied beer. Um mm. You know, um, kind of what you'd expect from a from a New England IPA, but we we brewed it. It's at three point six percent. Yeah. Um, and what I will say with my marketing hat on mm. is it is our first ever vegan friendly, gluten free beer. All right. Good. And good. It is, good. It is delicious. All our beers have been vegan friendly mm. for uh, just over two years, I think now. Okay. Obviously, apart from sort of first world problems where there's, um, you know, cream in the caramel and things like that, you know. Um, but back end of last year, um, decided to um, to sort of produce a, a gluten-free beer that was mm. um, a little bit, punchier than than maybe some of some of us out there i don't know yeah. i might be speaking out of town. but also 3.6 as well so you know it's sessionable isn't it it is yeah 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 it's like the lowest strength you do on your core on the canvas like as you go yeah on the canvas yes although we've just got we've got um coming out in march or maybe back end of this month we've got um we've done a, a mini ipa um mm. uh, at 2.8% ah <laughs> um, but yeah, in, in the core in the core range, the core range is is three point six. Yeah, mini IPA is that mini IPA? Yeah. Uh, it's called Napoleon Complex. Oh, what? <laughs> which is <laughs> well, uh, it, Napoleon was a very short man, <laughs> um, but Napoleon Complex. It's also known as kind of like little man syndrome. Yeah. You know what you're doing about um zero or like low or no. That's something that we want to, yeah. That's something we've been kicking about. It's all the rage. It's all the rage. It is all the rage, and with the various, with the, you know, we came out of lockdown and and from lockdown one, and and from a business point of view, it was like right, okay, we need to satisfy our customers, cast beer, keg beer, can beer. You know, we need to, you know, it was it was kind of like all systems go, um, and so as a as a as a concept, we we sort of just put it on the back burner. Then we had that second lockdown, which was just like a pretend lockdown, wasn't it? Because mm, yeah, all the, really, the schools were still open, were and the shops open. were still yeah. open. Yeah, exactly. Just pubs who took the mm. dip, really. Mm. Um, so that pretend lockdown, well, it affected us massively. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we kind of then got to sort of December, and we're like, oh, maybe we should have done that. <laughs> this is, you know, for January would have been an ideal time to do a low ADV bit. And it's just such is life, and and you know um, other things consumed us, and we've kind of missed about this year, uh, you know, back in the last year for this year. So, but it's something that is on the radar. Yeah, yeah, and actually, you know, the thing is, uh, dry January. I think a lot of people through a lot of people said they were going to do it. I mean, realistically, you know, from the research, a lot of people said they were going to do it. Realistically, yes. did they? We don't know. I think. Um, Given um, with my journalist hat on, I'm pretty sure there was some research from Portman Group saying like, you know, drinking generally has surged um, through uh, lockdown. So yes. I think, you know, people are going to decide at the moment it's right for them. 
when they want to have a low or no beer and it doesn't have to be all concentrated in January. Um, I think it's now it's like an all year round um, yeah. and, and, and choice for people. So um, I think whenever you put it out clearly and whenever you release yours, fans are going to be all yeah. over it. And, well, and well, I think, I think, yeah, I think that's a really good point actually, because what we found is, you know, to sort of, um, as a comparison, um, with Cameras um, campaign and drive for uh, mild, mild May. Oh yeah. We in the early days of Roosters, we did that. We did for the first three years. We 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 produced um, a different mild for May, because mm. um, we were all you know all encompassing and, and you know cask beer, a uh, cask mild is is it's great. It's it, it, it's a decent beer, really it's a decent mild. style. Yeah. But um, what we found was after about two or three years was, you know, rightly so camera we're trying to champion it it was a dying sort of um beer style mm. but to pigeonhole it into a month may was the wrong month because it's mild more it's a nice sort of february march mild march would have been better yeah um may but is, to like springy time isn't it it's warm it yeah but then to, to try and to try and champion um and I'm not knocking them for doing it, but to try and champion a beer style that's that's going out of fashion it, and pigeonhole it into one month, the market was absolutely stifled mm. with miles. Mm. You know, as a landlord, if you're, you know, you, you're just getting inundated. Uh, yeah, you know, and you're only going to have one in yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we stopped doing it a few years ago. It's the same. I mean, we still we have brewed a mild since, but we just haven't put it in, in you know, out, out of... Um, uh, for May, um, bring back so yeah, miles, it's, it's, bring uh, back miles though. I love a mild, and oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember when but, I first did a one of my beer parties, and that's like 10 years ago, uh, for about 50 women. And um, the beer they loved the most was a mild mm-hmm. because yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's a lovely stuff, right? It's like yeah. it's a nice kind of in on the ground floor kind of, right, yeah. I'm not sure, but I'll give this a go, and then they were like, oh. So mild, yeah. mild can be big. Yeah. So I, I I agree with you. Going back to the 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 sort of low 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 alcohol beer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it is. I mean, there are breweries. There are some fantastic breweries that are, are doing really good examples of it all year round. Anyway, first that springs to mind is Thornbridge with their zero five. Mm-hmm. Fantastic beer. And then you have got Brewdog with um, Nanny State. You know, yes, there are some amazing beers that are there all year round. You're listening to the Beer Beauty Podcast, where I, Marvereen Cole, all-round beer nerd, spend some time with some of the most incredible beer people on the planet. Uh, this week, it's Old Fozzard from Roosters Brew Co. But let me interrupt this with some beer love notes. I did say this is a part of the pod where you can tell me about what your fave beer is and why or you can just wax lyrical about the most mouth-watering beer and food match you have ever had or you can do both share your beer love with me by emailing your voice note to me hello at beerbeauty.co.uk i might just include you in a future episode and well deborah and joanna did just that for me this week here they are hi marvereen it's deborah from birmingham the beer I like to drink the most, or the only beer, is Witchwood's Hobgoblin. I only tend to have it once every so often when I feel like I've, I deserve it, maybe after a long day's cooking. 
Um, so that's probably about once once a month, I'd say. And it feels like a real treat. And I, I, I drink it differently to wine. I kind of savour it more because it's got a lovely, rich, chocolatey taste that's kind of soothing. Um, I, I savour it more, but in saying that, I do gulp it down. I'll do half a glass for myself, half a glass for my dad. Um, it just makes me feel lovely and, and safe and warm. It sounds a bit weird. It has no after effects on me. That's why I only have one bottle. I'm sure if I had probably more than one, I'd, I'd feel the after effects. I don't have anything to eat with this. As I said, I have it, always have it after dinner. It just smells comforting, rich. It just feels like a right treat and I, I just love it. Hi, Marvereen. It's Joanna from Rugby. I hope you're well. My favourite beer is um, from Barbados. It's called Ten Saints. Um, it's a lovely crisp beer with a lovely amber colour. Um, best served ice cold. Um, even better still, sat on a beach watching the sunset go down. Um, I like to um, have it with um, a lovely roti. Um, why is it my favourite beer? I guess because I'm used to having it when I go back to Barbados and it just makes me so happy and it's just got a really lovely light flavour and it's refreshing really on a hot day it's just what you need thanks deborah you're loving a witchwood hobgoblin i gotta say it's a big fave of mine always has been it has been like since i got him to beer like over a decade ago and joanna 10 saints oh my gosh um what well, matured in rum casks um, from barbados now that just makes me want to book a holiday right now but of course We've got to wait to see whether or not we can do such things, given uh, the current COVID situation. But uh, Joe, you you got me just dreaming of a beach. Okay. Well, um, let's get back to all from Roosters. Tell me um, what your favourite Roosters beer and food match is, whether that's currently or like a past match. Um, there's a beer. Um, in our core range, a session IPA that we do called 24-7, mm. um, which it, it, it's one of mine. So, you know, mm. I'm very pleased and proud of it. But 24-7 um, <clears throat> um, paired with um, the right sort of cheese selection and meat selection for me, uh, really nice mature um, cheeses and then the odd sort of stinky one. Um, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah, and oh, wait, waitros do these really nice um, pickled chilies as well that you can sort of pair pickled chilies, nice sort of meat platter, and some really strong mature cheese, um, and the odd stinker. Uh, for me, twenty four seven and uh, uh, paired with those is just yep. Your description, no, I clearly have not tried twenty four seven because the description of it sounds right up my street. Lemon tangerine gooseberry. Oh my. God, <laughs> it's yeah, it's bitterness, lordy. It's, it's, it's one, it's one that's fermented. You know, we we brew it, we ferment it with our our house strain. Yeah. Um, but four point seven IBUs are nice. sort of thirty. Mm. Um, so there's a bit of sort of residual sweetness in there as well. During during um this current lockdown, especially, there's a lot. Um, we're so grateful to um loyalty shown mm. by. Uh, so many sort of repeat orders and, and customers and, you know, locally, um, mm-hmm. but also further afield. Um, it's nice. You know, we do say we, we pack all these beers ourselves, yeah. not just me and Tom, but the rest of the team. We pack, we, we, we prepare all these, these beers ready for order. And you do see 
oh, so and so's ordered again. Whether it's oh, in Harrogate, that's nice. or whether it's whether it's you know further afield in Norfolk or wherever, London or wherever. Mm-hmm. But you do sort of see, and you think, oh, that's really nice. That's really really sweet that that, that someone's come back and that they, you know, there's that sort of loyalty and and you know there's some sort of affinity to what we do it's really really nice but the sixes themselves within that the sixes have really kind of taken off and um yeah it's nice it's just it's a a nice little size that stick it in your fridge yeah and um although it won't last long it didn't last long in our house (laughs) no no literally i was open the box and i was squealing and oh my god both as yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which um, is like so to me it's so rich and juicy fruity tropical with this lovely punch of bitterness 6.1 percent which doesn't this doesn't phase me right i'm a five point five percent plus girl so mm-hmm. that's <laughs> right you tried you tried the first ever in inverted commas, commercial brew we did of that because we did a brew that was like, we've got um, a 60-litre kit at the brewery and Mm. that was the first time we brewed that beer commercially, if you like, Mm. because that beer itself was, um, originally was one of Tom's homebrews. No way! Yeah, when he lived in Leeds, he used to do his homebrew in his bathroom. So that beer (laughs) started in Tom's bathroom. And then we did a we did a brew brew of it for the it was the, what was it it was the European Beer Vloggers it Conference was, wasn't yes, it yes in Leeds yeah in Leeds and we did a we did a brew and we had to go table to table and sort of um, it was the first time I met yourself yeah yeah and we had to sort of go around and say oh, we're Tom and Al from Roofers and try this and see what you think um, and yeah uh, that was the first blowing. time we sort of brewed it yeah I, yeah you were. I do remember. <laughs> do remember the noise you you let out when you tried it? Yeah. Um, so that was the first time we sort of brewed it commercially, if you like. And then people mm. sort of we we did a small bottling run, and then we did the odd we might have done the odd cast for the odd uh, customer of ours and things like that. And then um, I think it was thirteen or fourteen, two thousand thirteen, fourteen. We we sort of thought, do you know what? There's enough people asking for it. We'll do a twenty barrel brew, and mm. it's done. It's done. People, you know, twenty barrel brew, all cask. Then it's done. We've said we've said that we'll do it because there was so much um, um, love for it, love, love and strong feeling mm. for it. So we said, "Go on, then we'll do it." And we did one brew. Tom, Tom handed the recipe over to me, and I, I made a few tweaks because, to be honest with you, if we'd have brewed it, if I'd have scaled up that home brew recipe, mm. I wouldn't be sat here talking to you now because we'd have been out of business. <laughs> oh, no. We'd have been out of business in about <laughs> three months or something. Oh. So I tweaked it a little bit and and you know rounded it off a little and made sure that it was. Um, commercially viable yeah uh and so we did yeah we'll do one brew and then that was that and it was so well received and it was like uh okay we'll do another all right we'll put it on core range and it was you know cask only and then um we bought our first canning line back in the 2014 Mm -hmm. and we took the decision then that it would be um flag one of our flagship beers yeah. And, and it was a, it was the first one to go into can, I think. Really? And it was like, right, okay, yep, let's do it then. The the one thing that I'm so grateful about from the first beginning of the first lockdown to now is that I've been able to go to work every day. Mm. I can't bring myself to imagine not being able to do that. Um, 
So, okay, at the minute there's not a great deal to do um, in terms of physically and production and everything. But, um, yeah, we just kind of collectively, we just missed the pub so much. So it's like, you know what, we'll, we'll put a promotion on the website and we'll do it to a mini cask, mini keg for those further afield than Harrogate. But then we offer, we're offering a bagging box as well on cask beers for people locally. And it's like, we I think... You know, twenty five percent discount. I think it is. That's wicked. Um, yeah, yeah. I miss yeah, the twenty five. Is your? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's cool, just cool. you know what we miss it as much as everybody else, and you know it, it's not, we were so we're so grateful for for um for the support that people are showing us and everything. So it's like you know, you know, let's let's just be in it together. And it's an absolutely horrific situation that the pubs are in. Um, mm-hmm. And it it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever that um, it seems to be, you know, what the sector of industry amongst you know there are others that have been neglected. But on the to me, obviously, I suppose we feel it more because you know you're in you're in brewing. I love beer. Yes. You know, it feels like it's the sector that's the hardest hit. And it does. I'd say that that and the arts when the first lockdown happened in this one, we spent a few grand on adapting the way we do things, you know, for table service. Um, we had to take on extra staff because of table service. We had right. to, you know, the, the cleanliness, we had to space table, you know, we lost... Um, you lose capacity, well, didn't you? Lost capacity, or, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the tap, the tap room, our tap room, it's, it's a big space, you know, yeah. but we lost a lot of capacity. Yeah. Um, so we had to take a hit on the chin, you know, a few grand hit, but it was like, you know what, for, for the, you know, it's the sake of the business is one thing, you know, it's, but, but you know, put that to one side. It's like, as a, as a consumer, as a, as a, as a pub goer myself, I know how much I love going to the pub. Oh my and God. so it was like, we just wanted to make sure that we could do it right and do, and, and everybody who came was, was well looked after, felt mm-hmm. safe and all that. And we did it all. We, we did everything to the letter from, mm-hmm. from the guidelines we were given. And then it was a real kick in the teeth to, 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 you know, to, to be turned upon if you, if you, if you like, yeah. um, it hurts. But then um, when the, when the individual lockdowns came in, so different cities and oh, different, different areas went into yeah, tier one, yeah. two, and three, yeah. we were tier one. Oh gosh! So everything was. Um, we were tier one, and everywhere there, else, though. yeah, everywhere else was then tier um, two and three. Yeah, yeah. You know, we could supply locally, no issue, but then we were affected where Leeds, York, Liverpool, mm-hmm. Manchester, Newcastle, London. Everywhere else was then severely. You know, we our trade diminished massively you must be thinking what could that magic wand bring what hope is there for the future what are you thinking uh, I, I just hope there's some sort of normality can be resumed a new normal if you like can be can be resumed or achieved sooner rather than later not not so not just so for the business um but for people's well-being and for um, you know, I mean, our, our customers have been hit massively, hospitality, and we've been hit as a result of that. But it goes further up the supply chain. Our our suppliers, you know, we we forward contract molten hops three, four, five years in advance. Wow. And then that goes on to the growers, 
and the farmers, you know, and what they need to put into the ground. And there's just, there's a lot of unforeseen or unreported or documented kind of knock-on effects. The knock-on, yeah. You know, just for our industry. And I'm sure it's the same in every industry, you know. But um, without being too doom and gloom, I'm, I'm hoping that once pubs open, let's say May, that things maybe get back to normal. That mm. I, I still think table service will be a a, a new thing. Yeah, which, totally. You know, have to go back. It to kind that. of is in yeah. Europe anyway. Whenever you yeah. go, you know, you go across Europe. You know, it's 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 new to us, but it's not a new concept. No, what I'm looking forward to. You know, in the same way, last summer we had the whole eat out to help out, and you could actually feel like there was some normality coming back in the summer. You know, it'd be brilliant to just be in that space again, like the ability to to go out, even if it is that that bit restricted and there's there's less capacity. Um, you know, because I remember going out um for dinner. I think it was for my birthday when we went to Abu Dhabi or something. You know, there's like half the number of tables available in the restaurant and all the rest of it. But you still felt like, oh my god, this is sit. We're out. Yes. Um, we've got to get to that space. We've got to get out. What would be the first drink you would have? It would be a pint of Pilsner, pale ale, lager hybrid. Mm. Yeah, a pint of that, absolutely. In the in the in the garden of the tap room, definitely. Mm. Wow. What about yourself? Oh my god! Now you're asking me a question. Um, uh, Doesn't have to be roasters. I don't know. I, you know what? Because <laughs> I tell you what, I'm going to tell you what my roosters would be. My roosters, of course, would be baby faced assassin. <laughs> he couldn't drag me out of the pub. He couldn't drag me out of the pub garden. I tell you now. Yeah. Oh, I just. I hope. I, I genuinely hope that that, that that when we come out of all of this, that there isn't too much damage done to people's psyche and people's um, perception of how things are now compared to how they used to be. And I know you've spoken in the past about um, well-being and mental health, haven't you all? Probably nearly two years ago. Um, I spoke up, spoke up about on um, through Twitter, uh, it, 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 mental health, anxiety in particular, a little bit of depression as well. If I'm honest, it's, it's something that um, I've been struggling with for a few years. Um, I've been on medication. I, I don't mind admitting that I've been on medication for for, for four years now. Um, but yeah, there was there was a there was a kind of catalyst for me to speak out. It was um, a customer of ours in York, the Maltings. Uh, Sean, who owns uh, owns a pub, just he tweeted one day that one of his members of staff had taken his own life, mm. uh, Joe. And I, it was April nineteen, and it just resonated with me. I never met Joe before, um, mm. but it just resonated. I, I read it first thing in the morning at work, and I came home sort of twelve hours later, was still mulling, and, and I. It was there in, in, you know, back of my mind. And so I just took to Twitter and said, you know what? This is, it, not only is it tragic, it's just something that's so um, prevalent. And so I opened up and let people know, you know, I'm, I'm struggling as well. And, and if you are, then let's talk about it. Yeah, talking about it is, it's tough because you've got to, it's a, it's a brave and a courageous thing to do, but also it, unbeknownst to you, sometimes when you do that, you help so many others then find the courage to to talk or to seek help or to just lean on the support they've got or search for support they might they might not have if they haven't got anyone in their immediate circle. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting the response that I got 
um, the response was, you know, uh, varied from people that um, I know and love in the industry and outside the industry, uh, you know, commending me, but also coming, you know, privately and saying to me, Do you know what, I'm, 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 you know, I'm in the same boat. Back in January last year, we released a beer called Mind Games, mm-hmm. which I brewed with um, uh, Dan Vane and um, from XL Brewery and, and Cole Strong. I think I'm sure you know Cole from mm-hmm. Salt Brewery. Um, we brewed the beer. We raised some money. We did this donation that went to um, the charity Mind. So I said to the guys on the before the brew day, I said, "Look, you know what we're doing is incredible, but if we're trying to encourage people to open up and talk." And not harbour feelings, uh, uh, and and those feelings then lead to something incredibly negative. Mm. And so we need to be seen to be talking ourselves. So managed to set up um, above the tap room at work, set up a camera. Um, we had a brew, and we sat and talked for half an hour or so. The four of us. And I said, look, it's important if if we're if we're telling people that you know it's okay to talk, it's okay to open up. I think we need to tell we need to show people that that we're doing exactly the same thing. So we did. Yeah. In your desire to to help others, you potentially um, might be working with someone whose people might know um, if they watch their soaps. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, Reese. Reese Insdale, yeah. Mm. Um, he's a guy in um, Emmerdale, isn't he? Plays Joe McIntyre, is it? Yeah. He, yeah, he's currently in Emmerdale. Um, he, he was, he was in a film, starring in a film called ID. It came out in the early nineties. Mm. ID and Trainspotting both became my favourite film, and I watched them over and over and over again. Right, ten years ago or so, I, I, I got to meet Reese, and since then we've sort of remained friends. Um, and I happened to message Reese and say, Do you know what? I was gonna, you know, a year ago, I was gonna suggest something to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how would you feel about working together to promote or in some way to put a positive spin on, um, in particular, men's mental health? So I, I, I got a response from Reese, and it was, it was, yeah, yeah, okay, let's work on something together. It's currently open ended. We are gonna, um, chew the fat at some point once, um, there's some sort of level of normality, but yeah, Reese and I are gonna are gonna do something together to to um to raise awareness and um and open a discussion. I hope surrounding mental health, um, specifically with with um, within men. Excellent, and um, I have no doubt that whatever you end up doing together will will really resonate with a lot of people, and and hopefully help others to open up and to seek support, lean on people they they know will find support, um, and to know that they're not alone, really, because that's that's ultimately what is you know so so important, just for people to recognise, okay, this is maybe how I'm feeling, and this isn't right, and I need to go and. You know, I need to reach out. Absolutely. And I think, as we've discussed earlier, you know, post-COVID, it's probably more important than ever. Without a doubt. Oh, 
well, you know what? I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the future. You've got some new beers coming out in the next few months as well. Um, before signing off, remind everybody where we can get your beers online, how we can um, stalk you on Twitter. So tell us all the important <laughs> information. <laughs> okay. Um, thanks, Jade. So uh, it's roosters.co.uk online. Um, there's There's... Plenty of, um, of, of beers on offer there. Um, thank you. Uh, one thing I didn't mention actually, um, we've we've currently got a few beers sat in um, barrel, in in, in 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 barrels that have held bourbon and pinot noir and chardonnay, and in the coming months and weeks we will be um, transferring those into bottle. Um, uh, they're tasting great at the moment, um, so they they will be. There will be some limited releases um, coming along that you'll you'll be able to find on the website as well, roosters.co.uk. Um, myself on Twitter, I'm Roosters All. Um, the brewery is Roosters Brew Co. And yeah, thank you very much for the opportunity to do it, Marv. You make brilliant beers. You are the British Guild of Beer Writers Brewer of the Year. And um, you're an all-round awesome guy. Oh, thank you so, 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 so much for being uh, on the Beer Beauty Podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. Oh, what amazing news about those barrel-aging beers. Seriously, what a way to end the pod. That is crazy news. I cannot wait. Thanks very much to Ol for that really candid discussion about his mental health. And it's also really reassuring to hear about the support that he had when he revealed he was going through it. So, you know, if you've been affected by anything we've discussed here on the pod, please seek help. Um... You can get in touch with Mind. They've got an info line that's open Monday to Friday, 9am to 6pm, 0300 123 3393. Or you can go to mind.org. There is a yellow Get Help Now button at the top of that page. Uh, sane, sane.org.uk is offering email, forum and text care services right now. Um, and you can also reach the Samaritans online, um, samaritans.org, or you can call them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, three, six, five days a year. Double one six one two three is their number. Just a quick recap on the beers that we chatted about. I was supping First World Problems, a 4.5% salted caramel stout. Um, Delicious. Not as overly sweet and cloying as you might suspect by the name, but that beautiful coffee chocolatey flavour in there. Low bitterness that really allows you to enjoy a whole can. Give it a try. It's the finest of its style. Um, Strength in Numbers was what I was drinking. Um, That kind of really resinous, piney, chewy beer. 7% um, and we discussed probably one of my most favourite beers in the world right now, celebrating its 10th birthday um, Baby-Faced Assassin IPA it is one of the sickest beers I've ever tasted Um, (laughs) 6.1% Citra Hop, Juicy Mango, Apricot, got the grapefruit bitterness in there, very tropical evocations there deliciously drinkable um of course, you can get that and all of Rooster's beers uh, online from their site. Um, Babyface Assassin in particular. Right now, I had a quick look online. You can pick it up from Morrison's and Waitrose as well. So drop it in your basket or whatever and you're zooming by the beer aisle. Um, <laughs> that is um, Rooster's and their brilliance. 
You might have heard of or know very well the Great British Beer Festival that happens every August in London at Olympia. But did you know that there is a winter festival that happens as well? The winter festival is happening very, very soon. And I caught up with a good old friend of mine from camera, Gary Timmins, who filled me in on what is happening for the winter GBBF. The festival's happening online this year, Friday the 19th to Sunday the 21st of March. So tell us about the kind of, um, the, all the decisions that went into making this happen. And it's already a success, isn't it? Just a bit of background on the festival. It travelled around the country. It's done Manchester. It did Derby. It did Norwich. And uh, one of my tasks when I joined the uh, National Executive was personally was to bring the Great British Beer Festival winter to Birmingham. It's the centre of the country. It's the right place to have it. So we had a great event at Bingley Hall in Birmingham and it was it was great. And then Covid happened and took everybody by surprise. Lots of events were cancelled because you know what? It was the right thing to do. But we saw the success of the virtual Great British Beer Festival last year and we thought, well, as things have moved on, um, the situation has evolved, we can do it better. You know what, we can learn the lessons from those who have gone before and build on that. Uh, and so we took the best ideas from GBF and we've added a couple of our own. Um, you can join us online. Um, you can buy a, uh, a uh, a participant only without having to buy a beer box and just come and join us there will be hours of podcasts we've got videos coming in from brewers and publicans and any actually we put a call out for anybody who would like to talk about beer and the related industry so we've got a group of uh, very very talented people putting together the uh, the video content at the moment and we we have hours of it so that's in the background. We have online tutored tasting sessions done by Christine Crine. Uh, well, she'll take you through the nuances of and tastes and flavours of the bottled beers. You can also buy boxes of bottled beers from us, your Miles, your Stouts, a Midlands-based, a Speciality-based. And we also do a Cider and Perry box from Midlands, Midlands producers. We haven't gone all over the country for that because we're in the centre of the country. We decided to focus on our cider and perry. I suppose that makes sense as well to be in the spirit of the fact that the festival should have been in, you know, held in a hall in Birmingham. So that's really nice that you've actually kind of decided that that box is a, you know, West Midlands based box. I noticed um, at the time that we're having a chat that some of those boxes are sold out. Are you thinking you can kind of restock some of those or, or is that... That's it. Okay, so we were delighted when we sold out our, the initial offering within five weeks. Oh. Uh, that was a, real, a genuine surprise. And where they were going to, we have shipped to the four corners of the uh, of the United Kingdom, and I'm saying Channel Islands, Northern Ireland, Wales, Scotland, all over all over England. Uh, so we we managed to secure a restock, and those are selling well. Uh, we managed to supply, uh, unexpectedly have a supply of American bottled beers. So they've gone out and they've flown out the door. Yeah, they have a lot's gone. I can see we've got Cider and Perry available. Obviously a content only ticket if you just want that and you don't want to do the beer tasting because you could do your own beer tasting and just buy stuff in, right? And just chill with the, with the events and the content. There's pails and IPAs. There's a ticket there available. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, the minute you, you put this on sale, things sold out. So uh, it must be super exciting for you to, to know that, you know, this event going online has not really, um, it, it's stymied things in one way, of course, because we're not all going to be able to gather together over a weekend and just chew the fat and have great beers. But, you know, that the it hasn't um, really upset things too much because you're still able to help people enjoy beer at home. We've had a greater distribution of beers because people can order online and guess what? It gets delivered to the, you know, the, the security and comfort of your own house, which is, which is excellent. Now, when we have uh, these festivals physically, when we say physically, when we see each other face to face, 80% of the attendees are locals. Uh, so the fact we've managed to uh, expand the reach of this, uh, of this event has been a it's easy to say a delight, but it really has. It shows a greater and wider participation. I've ordered two boxes because have I'm you? Pretty... Yeah, I <laughs> Thanks very much to Gary. Honestly, the tales we have of having beer in pubs in Birmingham and Warsaw and London—it's great. Good to catch up with him. Next week, I'm joined by the incredible Miranda Hudson from Duration Brewing in Norfolk. She'll be sharing the journey that she and her husband, head brewer Bates, embarked upon in setting up their brewery and their philosophy on brewing life. All of Bates' brewing is no funky adjuncts. He doesn't just lob in a load of mango. He's like very much what can grow nearby, what sort of what can you do with the main ingredients to deliver? You know, you can get chocolate from the malts and you can get all kinds of fruits from the hops and you can even get stone fruits and all sorts from the yeast. Oh, a little taster for you there from Miranda. That's coming up very soon. But for now, that is it. Thanks to Joanna in Rugby and Deborah in Birmingham for your lovely beer love notes. And don't forget, you can do the same. Here's how it works. If you're not in the beer industry and you're a massive beer lover or you're new to beer, let me know what your favourite beer is or what's the tastiest beer and food match you've ever had. Record me a short clip, you know, no more than about 60 seconds, and then email it to me at hello at beerbeauty.co.uk. I'll listen to them all. Please keep them clean. And I'll stick a couple of the live list ones in a future edition of the pod. Now, you never know. If you happen to get an airing, I might just treat you to a little cheeky something from my beer fridge, which is, to be honest, it's fit to burst. I can't drink everything I'm sent. Um, And I'll happily share some of my beers with you. Anyway, email your clip to me. Hello at beerbeauty.co.uk. Well, that's it from me for now. Follow me on Twitter if you're inclined at Beer Beauty. On Instagram, rather confusingly, I am at TV Marv. And um, just remember to come back next time, won't you? Don't forget to tell your friends. Beer Beauty.